uh, I love I love the illustration of what she said. We're going to kind of talk of that. I didn't know she was going to say that, but I said it in the first service. But we've been talking about just the spirit of honor. And so when I originally started this message, it really had in my mind, I was thinking it's just going to be a one-message deal, you know, and and, uh, and then it ended up being two weeks, and now it's the third. I, I think this is it. Um, I don't believe it's going to go, and then we're, you know, we'll, we'll go into something else. But um, but God want us, wants us to, to understand honor. So I, I ask, like, you know, what do you want me to say? And what he said almost immediately was, I want them to dream again so they can get their dreams fulfilled. That's what he's talking about, just fulfilling the dreams and, and for you to dream again. So I want to talk to you about dreaming and honoring God by some of the things that you've been or that you used to dream about. And uh, I want you to find it safe to dream again. How many knows in the arms of, of God you're safe? Psalm 91 is extremely uh, great about saying that, you know, under his wings, you know, we, we, there's just safety there. And, and Pastor Kim is saying, you know, she's walking down the steps. She might as well be walking right under the shadow of the Almighty because she's Jesus. Love, I mean, she's still going to go get the bottle, you know. Now, we really don't know if she drank some of that on the way up. We're not real sure. There is a report out on that, so we're not really uh, completely sure. But you're dreaming, you just need to understand, dreaming is connected to believing. Some of us have stopped dreaming because we're just like, it's not going to happen to me, or it's just, uh, it, it's a pipe dream, and it, and it affects our faith. It affects what we believe because we almost believe that it can happen for others, but it can't for us because we have bought into the lie of the enemy, God gives us people dreams. I believe he gives them a purpose for dreams. He gives them a reason. And I believe everybody in here and in the sound of my voice, and we're going to welcome our online crowd. God bless you guys. Uh, so it's good to have you with us. You have the ability to dream, and you have the uh, ability to, to do all of those wonderful things that God has told you to do. He gives you a mission, a plan, a destiny, if you will. I believe that uh, we have those dreams for, for a reason, I mean, do you know how things get done here on the earth? My wife talked about how important prayer was. That's how things get done in the kingdom realm. In God's realm, we pray, and then we follow his instructions, and we do. And that's how things get, happen in the enemy's realm. The same thing. I mean, because he's just a copycat of what God wants. So we need to understand we have to be able to dream. And the enemy is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So when God gives you a dream, you're just gonna have to hang with me here for a second, and I'll try to explain. When God gives you a dream, I'm telling you, as soon as the enemy finds out, oh my word, they're dreaming, oh, oh, they have a dream, he will then try to create the nightmare. He's going to bring pressure, he's going to bring stuff to get you off the dream, because that's what he does. He wants to steal that. He wants to fight for your destiny. He doesn't want you to accomplish great things for God because you will affect the ripple effect of many people for the kingdom. This is something you need to understand. You have to learn to fight. Pastor, I'm, I, I don't want to fight. No, I'm, I'm telling you, you have to learn to fight. You cannot get out of this fight because it is a fight for your future. It is a fight for your destiny you can, you mean I can't just exist? I guess you can, but it's a miserable way to live. 
I mean, if you just want to, I just want to just until Jesus comes, I want to slide under the door. I don't know how much I'd bank on that. But what I'm telling you is there is a fight. If you don't learn to fight the nightmare or the thing that the enemy is trying to get you away from, you won't experience the dream. You're going to have to go through to get to the other side. So many people quit at this point. God gives them a dream. He plants it in their heart. But then comes the thief. The guy that steals, kills, destroys. The dream stealer. He comes to say, no, 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 no. I don't want any of that for you. Because he understands the dream is your destiny. He doesn't want to fulfill God's call. He doesn't want you to have that. But the nightmare is the pathway to the dream. You got to get to the other side, the God side, the not giving up side. And you can't get to the other side without walking through and beating the nightmare. So the truth, what you believe. Is God really the source? Do you really believe that you are an overcomer, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? The word says that. You know what happens as you walk in the valley of the shadow? You get tested. You find out what you really believe. You find out what voices you're listening to. So if that sounds like I'm weird, I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying you find out where your allegiance lies. You see, it's the nightmare that tests you, that, that purifies you. And, and you find out exactly what you're doing or why. What's your motive? Why do you do what you do? Let me ask you this question, church. Can God trust you with trouble? It's easy. It's easy when everything's good on the mountaintop, and you should rejoice. You should celebrate. You should give honor to the one that provided. But come on, I'm talking to somebody that is in the valley that still wants to give him honor, that still wants to say, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way, that's still going to say, I got this. Will you honor him in the rough places? When the enemy knows that you know who you have a dream from and a destiny with, he is out to stop it. He wants to get you off course. That's his mojo, man. He is just trying to get you off focus, just trying to pull you over here. Get off that. You don't need that. No, it's never going to work for you. But let me just flip this a bit. Let's look at it a different way. <laughs> if you're going through trouble, not in every case, but I'm just saying, if you're going and fighting for a destiny dream, something you know this is God has put inside you, and you're constantly up against issue, I'm telling you the enemy is behind it. And let's look at it a different way. Instead of saying, I can't get to that over there, it just feels like I just want to quit. This should be a confidence bar to say, Hey, I am on the right track. He has thrown down a hand, and I know I'm doing something because it's ticking the enemy off. Man, I'm just telling you, we were pastoring a church one time, and there was a practicing witch in the church. And the Lord had said, you need to sweep the sanctuary. Now, you might be saying, oh, okay, I'll go get a broom, and we'll just sweep it. Wasn't that kind of sweep? We started at the back of the sanctuary, 
We had, I had people on this side, people on that side. We just started walking forward, just started praying in tongues. We just started praying in the Holy Ghost. And this person, I don't even know how they were there, came in from outside and came in and got up to me and was going, stop it, stop it. And I wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop. I just kept, just shake about, and just, and she's like, stop. And she left, never came back. True story. Boy, inside, there's all kinds of things I wanted to say. You know, slap your mama, throw mama from the train, do something. But I was just, I was just like, I was in the moment of what God wanted to do. And the enemy can't stand that. Evidence confidence is it's confirmation you're on the right track. Your adversity will advance you. Your trouble is the highway moving forward. So, doesn't the enemy just want to stop you? Just stop. Just quit. Your pain can be your gain. Sounds like an Arnold Schwarzenegger comment, but I'm just telling you. You can flip this thing. Your mess can be your miracle. The nightmare is the pathway to the dream. Goliath launched David into destiny. Think about it. That's how David shot up into fame. He killed Goliath. Pharaoh made Moses lean on God for miracles. The pit took Joseph to the palace. Scrutiny and pressure helped Noah build the ark. Calvary, check this out, was the pathway that God used for the cross. Jesus had to go through the cross to get the church. God had to build a bridge so that he could get us to be with him. Jesus knew what he had to do. It would be great because he even said in the garden, if you could, could there be another way? But if there's not, check this out. I will endure the nightmare to get to the dream. I'm telling you this morning, some of you have been afraid to dream because it's been painful. But God says, it's okay. God told it, said, I want a church. Jesus said, I'll build it in the gates of hell shall not prevail. The devil said, I don't think so. We're going to stop you. We will nail you to a cross. We'll nail your hide like you'd put a hide of an animal on a shed. You know, the Bible says if the devil knew what God had planned, he would have never done it. See, God's bigger than the devil. Can you imagine when Jesus stepped out of the tomb? The nightmare turned to be the enemy's nightmare. Let me just talk to you about dreams for a second. When you have a dream, I think there's a purpose behind it, and there's a couple things that would be behind the dream. Number one, it gives you a purpose to live your life on purpose for a purpose. In other words, God gives you, you're valuable, you have a need, there's something that you fit. You're not trying to be a square block into a round hole. God says, I got a need for you. You have the, the perfect gifts, the talents I've given you. And he begins to tell you those. So he gives you that sense of destiny. You're not here just to exist. You're not wandering through life just, you know, just bumping into things like a pinball machine. You do have a purpose. You're not an accident. Secondly, he wants to give you a want to. He wants to inspire you to act, an, a gumption, if you would, just something to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I can see some of this now. To reach, to stretch, not to stay complacent, not to stagnate and just sit there and let life go by. To push yourself. You know, you can go farther than you ever thought you could. 
That's what a God dream will do. Now let's go to the other side. The enemy's part, that nightmare part, can show you three things. Here's the first thing it'll show you is it'll show you who you are. You're going through trouble, you're gonna find out who you are. You're gonna find out what you're made of. You're gonna find out what your allegiance is. You're gonna find out how strong you are. Talk is cheap, you'll find out. You're gonna find out who your source is and where your security is. Is it in people or is it in God? There's gonna be a point when some downside inside your, back in the, back in the, I don't know what days, but they would say, you have to know when you're knower. Like deep down inside, you just know God, he's, he's given you something. He's told you, you, you can mark the place and the time or when it happens, you know, I know God wants me to do this, I know it. And then life is just kind of swayed and the enemy's just pulled you off of that and you have found out this morning you are bound and determined we're gonna, we're gonna dream again. Second thing you're gonna find out is who God is. You'll find out about yourself. We all need work, don't we? But you find out where you need to work on. Then you find out who God is. And you'll figure out who you are with him. In other words, how important he is because you figured out who he is. You'll find out more about God when you walk in those places that are tough than when you're on the mountain. I mean, on the mountain, you're happy, and he's happy with you, and we're just celebrating. We're doing the Holy Ghost hop up there. But just down in the valley, when you don't see it, and you're walking knee-deep in, in mud and stuff, and you're like, I don't see anything. Where is the help? I am tired. God said, I'll dwell in, in thick darkness. First Kings 8, 12 says, Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. <clears throat> we don't really think of God like that. But what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to something with that. This is what I'm trying to tell you. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Jesus said, in this life, you're gonna have tribulation. In other words, there's gonna be, there's gonna be pressure. There's gonna be issues. But God, if you did a roll call for God, if you're taking attendance, no matter where you were, or no matter what place in this whole galaxy or universe, if you said and did a roll call and you called God's name, he'd say, here. Because there's no place that he can't be. I mean, you can go as high as you want, God is there. You can go as low as you want, God is there. You can go as wide as you want, God is there. God is, he'll never leave you or forsake you. You cannot get rid of him. Even if you make stupid mistakes and act like you don't love him, he stays the same. Somebody say amen. We all want to live in sunshine all the time. I don't remember the singer or the author of this song, but I remember hearing it when we were washing cars on a Saturday morning at my house when my dad would be washing cars. I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. He just shouted out who sang that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there, there, you're going to have some issues, especially when the enemy finds out you're a god. Kid, you're dreaming and God's given you a dream and you're about to, to walk it out. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But my Bible also says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My Bible also says I'm more than a conqueror. My Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible says he'll never leave me or forsake me. My Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And my Bible says that all authority was given to Jesus, and Jesus has delegated that authority for me to use. There's so many of us that have went through some dark times. You might be going through a dark time now. Even though you don't see him working, I guarantee you he's working. Mark eleven twenty two and 24 goes through all of that and it says that, you know, we believe we receive when we pray. In other words, I don't have to see. I just know that it's going to happen. I got to tell somebody the other day, he, he was saying, hey, I just told this guy that I work with. He said that my pastor, he goes and he just sows a seed, believes, gets the deer he sows for every year. And I, I'm like, yep, that's me. But that's what happens because I believe I received when I, when I released Faith always has a point of release and a point of reception. I believed I got it. I just walk out and go get it. That's what I'm talking about here. He's still working. Even if you're like in the natural, I don't see it. He's still working. Here's the third thing you find out. You find out who's most powerful. Who's the boss? Applesauce. You see, when you find out who's the most powerful, you can shut the mouth of the enemy. You can shut the chatterbox. You can, the voice that says, God is a liar. It won't work. All is lost. It's over. You're washed up. You're a loser. Just quit. Your life is worthless. You failed. You can't do that. Who do you think you are? You can shut that voice up. Because when God turns this whole thing around, the bad dream gets reversed. And the enemy has nothing to say because he's at a loss for words. I promise you this morning, God is working. Everything that has been built is the result of a dream. Somebody had the guts to see it, believe it, walk it out, and keep it moving. Somebody who would not give up, somebody who's going to not quit and honor Almighty God. Are you in the house today? Is there something that you're like, God, I wish I wouldn't have just set that down, but he's bringing it back up. He's stirring something in your spirit. Jesus hung on the cross to get through the nightmare to help us to to get to the dream. Job stayed the course and got double. Joseph stayed faithful in the dream. And look what happened to him. He had to go through the nightmare, but it paved the way to the dream. If you're willing to fight for the dream God has given you, because you know the enemy is not going to just roll over. You can't experience the dream and its benefits because you really never took it on. If you're just, I'm not going to be, you know, that's what commitment is. Commitment is, I'm, uh, it's not like I'm just partially in. If you're committed, you're in. That's it. I'm going to see this thing through. How many knows that sometimes the closer you get to the dream, the harder it gets? It's like you're just, oh, we're going to do it, and then Boom another roadblock, another setback. The enemy fights harder the closer you are. So I I thought, let's relate this to something that at least I can relate to, so hopefully you can relate. Football. Let's think about this. Halfbacks, tailbacks, they're they're sleek, they are muscular, they can run the 40 in like 4-2. They're fast, so, you know, they just hand the ball to them, they down the field. They get to in the five yard line before they get to the goal line guess who they bring in they bring in the big boys they bring in the 400 pound people that they call tank refrigerator bus that's a pittsburgh reference just so you know 
just so you know. They bring those, they weigh like 400 pounds. Nobody gonna stop the bus. They're gonna stop refrigerator. They just hand him the ball. They're mean, they're ugly, their breath stinks. They'll rip off your arm and hit you with the wet end. They do not care. They will just plow through. <laughs> Some of us are right by the goal line, and the enemy is sending his big players. I need you to hang with God. I need you to understand that with God, all things are possible. It doesn't matter their size now because you got God. He's bigger than them all. You have the creator that is with you. You're that close. You should take that sign. This is where you've never been before. Let's keep pushing on. Some of the big guns that have come out are because you're so close. The purpose of the enemy is to get you to quit, to give up, to stop, to crawl back to your hiding place. Just stop the dream. Just quit pursuing it. He wants you to be convinced you can't do it. But you need to keep going. Don't quit. You can't have yesterday's oil. You're going to need to stay connected to the source. You see, what I'm telling you is on the other thing, the enemy doesn't want you to know this, but the harder he pushes, the more you lean. Not on the enemy, but on God. The harder he pushes, the more source, the more power you're going to need from the creator. Come on, somebody. You're going to need to stay attached. The more jumper cable you need, the more energy's got to come through that. Man, I'm telling you, when you get up in the morning, if you feel defeated, you should get up and put your feet on the ground and make the enemy pay that you are up and alive and well. Have you ever heard this? Anything worth doing is worth doing well. I think Pastor Kim probably coined that phrase. Not really, but that's probably one of hers. It's worth doing, it's worth doing well. How about this? Anything worth doing is worth failing at. I'm going to pull something from you here a little bit. In other words, it's going to take more than you to do it. Anytime something is a God dream, it is bigger than you. It is God and you. You're going to have to have faith to get it done. You're going to have to figure out, God, you told me to do this. What do you want me to do? And he'll tell you, and you will get it figured out because God will show you. But it's going to cause your faith to grow. You're going to have to get into the book. <laughs> I remember some people one time said, do you mean if I have to stay and listen? I have to, have to listen to the preaching and read the book to stay in leadership? I said, yes, I'm leaving. Bye. Because you know what? Their medal's not going to be worth anything because there will be battle. I don't want to take a squirt gun. I want to take the right gun to the right fight. I want to take the word of God. Okay, listen, I'll take a sword. Somebody's probably going to be like, it's not a gun. <laughs> if it's not worth failing at, it's probably not worth much. You probably don't have a lot of care in it. Ah, who cares? There's always risk in faith involved something that's worth something to you. If what you're living for isn't worth dying for, then what value is it? You know, if I had to mess up, I don't want to mess up. You know, if I just made a wrong decision or spent money where I didn't need to spend it or 
whatever. At least I want to mess up being like Jesus. You know what I mean? Somebody wants to say something to me. Well, man, he just, man, he is so full of God. He just is like a freight train. Okay, I'll take that. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't need to temper that with some wisdom and patience, and I got to walk in that as well, but come on, at least let's work together for the kingdom. You're not a failure because you fail. You're a failure because you quit. Don't quit. Don't let the nightmare, don't let the enemy steal your dreams. Don't let him get yours. Let me say this. I said it in the first service. Have you ever had, now we have four kids. I know some of y'all have kids. You ever have somebody that doesn't have kids tell you how to raise kids? I want to do Diana Ross. Talk to the hand. No. You don't have any kids. I mean, love you, but no. Okay, that being said, don't let non-Christians tell you how to be a Christian. They don't know. They judgmentally will go, oh, I know you're not supposed to do it. They don't really even know. I'm not saying you're perfect. What I am saying is, let God drop that plumb line and you follow him. I'll honor God by following his dreams. I'll put my hand to it for me and my house. We will serve the Lord for this church. We'll go after God. We will serve the Lord. Genesis 28, 18 says, the next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. Jacob went to Bethel. He put his head on a stone. This is the part where if you grew up in Sunday school, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. This is where he had that dream. So if I could tell you something just to play off just that a little bit, you put your head on the rock, God's gonna give you a dream. You put your head where you're supposed to put it, you put your thinker instead of your stinker, put it where God wants you to put it, you get your head in the word, you get your head where God wants it to be, your mind, your will, your emotions, you get your soul tied in with God, he's gonna give you a dream, he's gonna show you what you need, he's gonna show you how to get it, and you might say, Brett, I'm telling you, all hell is broken loose, I just, this, listen to me, I get it, I get it, it's been hard, but God is bigger than that, he's bigger than that. God gave Jacob a dream for his life. He'll give you a dream as well. The pillow Jacob had became a pillar and he built on it. What God tells you he'll do, he'll back up. That's the great thing about God. If he told you to do it, he'll, he'll back it up. What are you laying your head on? John put his head on Jesus' chest. I think that's how John got past all his trials. He just, you know, it's always, I'm the one Jesus loved. I mean, I think John's always kind of getting a stab in there with Peter or somebody. Yeah, that's great, Pete, but I'm, I'm the one Jesus loves. <laughs> you put your head on the rock. You put your head where it's supposed to go, and the Lord will guide you. And listen to this. John, through dreaming, got 22 chapters of the book of Revelation because God put him there. Now, God can use dreams for all kinds of things. He can give you a dream to tell you some things in the future. He can give you some things just to warn you by a dream. He can tell you all kinds of things. And there's biblical examples of all of those. He does that to some people today. He uses my wife, gives her dreams, gives my sister dreams. And they can interpret that and be like, oh, my word. And there's stuff that's happened. She's like, whoo, because it's come to pass. But I'm just, what I'm trying to tell you is when John got all of that revelation, he wasn't on 
the mountaintop, then he's going through the valley. But you know what he's doing? He's leaning hard on who he's getting his info from, where he gets his strength from, where he gets his source from, who's protecting him. I mean, we've, we've went through some tough times. My family's been through some tough times. I get it. We all have. So I'm not saying we're better. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's times when, when dad has to step in. You ever been there? There's just times, there's times we were in stuff, and I had, I had a guy just, I had my son, Sammy, was about this tall, and a guy is using every colorful four-letter word that I can even think of. And he is in my face, and he's blowing my hair back. And Sam is right there, and Sam's just a little warrior. He's he probably going to go, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just standing there looking at him like in awe. And the guy makes another step towards me, and I remember just taking Sam and just pushing him behind me. Because there's sometimes you're going to have to have Big Daddy just step in. You're going to have to say, God, you know what? Some of this looks bigger than I can take. And God says, that's why I'm here. Do you understand that? All authority given to Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm giving it to you. You have to take this and use it. The enemy will run roughshod over you as long as you let him. You will deserve what you tolerate. Somebody in this place needs to get their honor back. Somebody here needs to get their gumption back. Somebody needs to get their determination back. Somebody here needs to adopt this attitude. I will not quit. I will dream again and honor God. I will not give up. I will not let up. I will not stop what I'm doing if God has got me doing it. He is going to finish it. He promised it. It's going to happen. And the closer sometimes we get to the dream, the louder the enemy gets. And the quieter sometimes God gets. Because listen, this is not the enemy's job. The enemy just distracts you. Deception. He pulls you off the main path. Hey, look over here. Come over this way. And there's biblical examples of that. God would tell some of his prophets, do this. Stay there. And somebody comes and lies to them and says, we're prophets too. You're supposed to come with us. And they get eaten by a bear. Because God said, don't go anywhere. Stay there. But the enemy, he does that. He just lures and tries deception again. He's the dream killer. He can get you off course, off focus. He'll do it. And then God seems quiet. You know why? Because you're going to have to listen to that still small voice. Now, I'm going to say this, and I didn't say this first service, but this is what the Lord's telling me to say now. It's louder outside because the enemy is not inside. Did you get that? It's louder outside. He is screaming outside. God doesn't have to scream. He's inside. So all you have to do is listen inside. You ever have your mom go, inside voices? Just listen to the small voice. What does the peace of God tell you to do? You don't have to get in all the ruckus. You just listen. You know, is it amazing that people would take Jesus, and they were going to throw him off a cliff. And then the Bible says stuff like this. Jesus just turned around and said, just walked right through him. You know why? Because inside, he drew his strength from the Father. You see me do it, the Father did it. You hear me say it, the Father told me. I heard it from him. What if we were doing that? This is where many people quit because they say, I can't hear God. I remember my wife one time, there was a lady, she's a dear lady. 
I can't hear God. God won't talk to me. God just won't talk to me. I don't hear his voice anymore. I just can't hear his voice. And, you know, and I get it because you get all frustrated and fried out with the outside. You know what she told her? He's talking to you every day. It's right here. You start using this and you'll be amazed. I got one more thing as I'm, I'm about finished here. I didn't share this in first service either. <clears throat> People have, one of the things that they've said over the years, probably to Pastor Kim and myself, I, you know, I, I can't hear God anymore. I just don't even know anymore because they're afraid to dream. They, they put the dream down. Something's happened along the way. They've been hurt. Somebody hurt them or multiple injuries. Isn't that wonderful? It's like watching the guy on the ski thing on Wide World of Sports and the agony of defeat. You know, there's been a multiple bunch of things in your life that have happened, and all of a sudden you're, you just feel like you're numb. Mary and Joseph, if you remember, took Jesus into town. He's just 12 years old. And when they were leaving town, there's just, you know, they had a company, and a company could be 100 people or so that's all in the group, and they're leaving, and so they, they're, but, you know, she's just, I'm sure, visiting with everybody as they're leaving. Hey, that was a good visit. Who knows what they were saying? You know, that was great. Hey, good service, wasn't it? Oh, it was wonderful service. You know, who knows what they're saying? But they get away. Jesus isn't with them. She hasn't missed him. I mean, she, did, she thought he was there. This is like, kind of like home alone. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> you know, she gets out, and she's probably said that, Joseph, where's he at? Well, I don't know. I thought he was with you. Well, he's not with me. The Bible says that they looked for him for a few days. You know where they found him? They found him back in the temple teaching. The last place they were at that they saw him or heard him was the place they found him. Here's what I want to tell you. If this morning you're saying, I, I don't hear him anymore, I don't know, where was the last place you remember hearing him, seeing him, and knowing he was moving in your life? Go there. What were you doing then? I want you to dream again. I want you to honor God, and I want you to dream again. You see, when we say, God, I'm going to do what you say no matter what. No matter what it looks like, no matter what others around me are saying, no matter what our natural senses are saying, you walk by faith and not by sight. Everything in the kingdom operates by confessing, believing, and not doubting. No matter what you're walking through doesn't discount the realness of your dream. Some people just disqualify themselves. You don't know what I've done. God give you the dream? Walk it out. Now I'm going to say this and we're about finished here. Ten men's opinion in the Old Testament caused three million people to live in the wilderness for 40 years. Those guys' opinions became everybody else's reality. Saul tried to tell David, you can't kill Goliath. You got to wear my armor, man. You got, this guy is, I mean, he's fought since, you can't beat him. And David says, I can't wear that stuff. I got to go with what God told me. You, you need to hear what I'm saying. 
David's basically saying, you know what? God told me I can do this. This is what I know. This is what I'm good with. In essence, he's about to make history because he's not letting somebody else's opinion run his life, run his reality. Are there people in this building that won't quit? Are there people that I'm looking at say, you know what, I have resolve. God, I'm going to finish what you've started. I'm committed to the cause, to the dream. I'm telling you this morning, he told me to tell you to dream again. He's got his hand on you. He has started it with you. He's going to finish it with you. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. Don't let other people's opinions become your reality. There's a story of Hagar and Ishmael. She's at the end. Hagar's at the end of her rope. You ever been there? She's just, she's spent. She doesn't have any money to feed the baby. The Bible says that she puts the baby under a bush and walks away because she doesn't want to hear him cry because he's dying. She doesn't want to hear that. The Bible says that God heard. Turn to somebody and say, God hears. God has dreams, and he's given them to you and I. They're so powerful that I believe he keeps watch over them. Even if you say, I've quit believing, he has not stopped believing in you. The Bible says God didn't hear Hagar. He heard the dream. The thing that will fulfill his purpose. Then he told her what he's telling you. Go back and pick it up. Go back and pick it up. In Genesis 21, 17 and 21, it says, God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God's heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him for I'll make a great nation from his descendants. Then it says, God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. And she went on, the Bible says, uh, to the land of Egypt. What I'm telling you is this. You honor God by dreaming again, by trusting again, by living again, by obeying, believing, and lifting it back up and saying, God, I will, I will, I will take this now. The Bible says that God opened her eyes showed her where water was can i say this sometimes we are so blinded by the enemy we can't see the forest through the trees we can't see our hand in front of our face and god's about to pull some things back and say it's been there all the time see the disciples didn't even know about the double portion but it was right in front of them because they couldn't see it sometimes we can't see things because we're not looking not in the right eyesight not with the right viewpoint not with the right mindset not with the right submission but when we submit to God and we say, God, I will do what you say, he can show you things that were there all along. He can give you an idea or concept that you're like, oh my word, I, I didn't even see that before. He's going to show you how to keep the dream alive. It's your time to honor him. It's your 
time to go at it again. I know COVID's going on. What a, what a great time then to rise by the power and the strength of Almighty God. What a great time to say, you know what? I prospered in this time. What a great time to say, I got my dream back. I got everything God gave me back. I got life back. It's your time to win. It's your time to see it come to pass. Are you in the house today? Come on, stand your feet and shout honor and give it to God. Come on. Yes. Now, you can, I'm about finished, so you can just stay standing. I, I grew up, got ordained in the assemblies of God. In the assemblies, we talked about pre-trib. You know, there's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Pre-trib was you're going to get, you know, the rapture's going to take place before everything gets bad, you know, and we'll be out of here before really anything gets bad. Mid-trib is you're going to go through half of this, and then you're going to get out of here. Then the rapture's going to take place. Post-trib is you're going to go through the whole thing, and then God's going to come and get us. You know, and so, you know, everybody likes the pre-trib because it's kind of, that's pretty cool. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of help define that, but then there's a lot of things that are saying, you know, we're going through some stuff right now. You know, and now everybody's relating some of this, but oh no, what about this? What about that? And they're looking at, you know, what's Revelation say and all of those kind of things. But I mean, think about what some of these Bible, the, the stories, what did Joseph feel? I mean, God, could you pre-trib me out of these pits? Because life, pit happens, doesn't it? How, <laughs> how about Job? Job, you know, he, he ends up getting double, but boy, there's a lot of loss in the beginning. How about the three Hebrew children? I used to always think that God should have just went and just blew the furnace out. You know, we're going to throw you in the furnace. No, you're not. Light it again. No, you're not. That's like the little kid at a birthday party. You're going to light the candles and some smart aleck little kid keeps going. You're going, stop it. But no, they had to go in the furnace. How about Noah? You're going to build the ark. I'm going to flood the earth. Could you just not? The disciples, think about Jesus. Jesus, God, is there another way? You know, I don't know when he's coming back, but I do know he's coming back. And so I can count my blessings and know that, oh my God, you are greater. There's nothing that I can't take because you're with me. And I'm not saying we're going to go through all that. I'm believing that before it gets bad, you know, we're going to get out of here. I mean, he's coming back. I can't wait, you know, to, well, there's part of me that can wait. I want to see us come out of this. But, you know, we have four kids. We went through the, the toddler stage. You know, oh, he's going to go through the terrible twos. There were threes and fours in there. How about the teen years? Oh, help me, Jesus. But I like them. They're the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. What's their name? I don't know. No, they didn't do that. But I can tell you this, after raising four kids, every one of my kids love God. And I'm just thankful for that because that's part of our dream. But I'm telling you this morning, the enemy is a dream killer, but hell can't have my family. Demons can't run roughshod over my kids. I don't care how old they are. My house, we will serve the Lord. I'm in it to win it. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to step aside. Addictions, homosexuality, lesbianism, immorality. Can't have my children. Can't have my kids. 
Somebody just shout Jesus. Come on. Let's give God some more honor. God, we love you today. Now, I don't know if you've had your dreams fall away or you just feel like, you know what? I am just spent. I get it. And I'm not trying to not have compassion. I'm, I'm with you. I'm for you. But I tell you, even more than I could ever do is God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He is the dream blesser. And if you follow him, he'll show you exactly what to do. You know, the thing when we started this church, he didn't say, Brett, here's the next five years. Here's what I want you to do. He just said, I need you to do this. Here's the name. Here's the scripture. God, I've never started a church. Quiet. Still small voice. And the enemy's going, don't start the church. <laughs> we can rule the galaxy. No, we can't. <laughs> he is my father, not you. <laughs> okay? But you just follow step by step, and then he starts unfolding. The Bible says, his word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. He helps me know where to walk. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of